Have you ever had the thought, when I'm in charge, that'll be different? (laughs) I thought so, and you're not alone. This is often the topic on the podcast. Whether the guests are sharing their learning moments, their called to lead situations, or I'm sharing something I just can't keep to myself, we're in it for the leadership, for those calling forth moments and teachings that are so good we just have to talk about them. I'm Karen Gillen, life coach for business leaders and your host. Let's get to the show. We have Jackie Johnstone on the podcast, and there's a lot to talk about. I just realized a few minutes ago, knowing that this podcast interview was happening, but I realized like, oh, we can talk about all these different things. And I got really excited. So thank you for being here. I'm so excited. I was just saying before we press record, like, I don't know what direction you want to go in today, but I am here for it. And my defined throat is ready. (laughs) (laughs) And she's talking about her defined throat because Jackie is into the human design. She's actually the person who first introduced me to it um, two years ago plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and just because I would want to know this at the start of a podcast all about human design, Jackie is available at the time of this recording for one-on-one sessions still. So we'll have links for that stuff in the show notes if you want to check it out. So you have to tell us um, who you are in your words, please, before we start. Absolutely. Um, I think when I filled out the um, little bio thing for this podcast interview, I was like, oh my God, I'm such a manifesting generator, which we're going to get into (laughs) what that is in a minute, (laughs) but I Mm -hmm. really can't pick just one thing. So, um, I'm a human design for business expert. I'm a marketing consultant. I'm a breathwork facilitator. I'm a subconscious transformation coach. I like to have my fingers in all kinds of things. And I'm also a line one, which we'll talk a little bit more about, which means that like, I cannot get enough of learning and digging into Um, new subjects and having a solid foundation in things. So um, I think the one commonality when I start to look back through my kind of crazy journey, especially as a manifesting generator, is that I'm all about transformation and growth and helping people feel more capable has always been the thread through um, what I like to do and even what my business was before human design came in and was like, whoa. (laughs) Um, and Mm -hmm. human design just turned the volume up on that. Right. It allows me to, um, show people just how uniquely capable they are and how, when we stop trying to put ourselves in this box that we think we should belong into, and we see the truth of our strengths and our kind of unique energy, how much more we can trust ourselves and be able to look for the answers inside rather than outside of us. And in business, that's just so freaking empowering and important. Yeah. So from my lens, that's always like, you get to do business how you are, not how all the people around you tell you they did it or think you should do it. Exactly. And it's like, especially when we're new in the business space, at least this was my experience, we can get really taken up with like, whose freebies I should follow and who I should listen to and how did they do it? And how can I take what they did and do that? And, and inspiration is great. And having toolkits is great and training, you know, how to do marketing better and all that stuff is great. And the blueprint that worked for somebody else isn't necessarily going to work for you, even if you followed it to the T. And so learning how to tune into your own inner knowing of who you are and what's going to work for you um, is a much, it's, it's much more empowering. And it's also much faster because you stop 
following <laughs> other people's roadmaps that aren't only half working for you. <laughs> Why do you think this is though? Why do we have to peel back so many layers to get to who we are and always have been? Oh my God. I, I think that one's, that's a massive answer. And there's so much societally around that. It's yeah. like even how, when I think about like, my kids going to school and it's like, we're put in a box immediately, right? This is what school looks like. <laughs> this is how you're meant to learn. You need to be quiet at this point. You need to take your pencils out yeah. and draw a picture now. Like, and, and some in, of that just, you know, how do you manage a classroom full of 25 kids with one teacher? If you don't have some box, right. I couldn't do it hundred percent. But yeah. I think we've just been putting ourselves in boxes from so early on and our parents and we've been rewarded for getting good at staying in boxes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and our people around us didn't have the necessarily the experience or even the language to help us discover our own uniqueness. Because I think that even within (laughs) the box in the society that we have in the school system that we have, that we can now help our kids still have to hold on to and be themselves um and and try not to yeah uh put so much weight on on mm-hmm. fitting in all the time right um i definitely was like a overachieving like had to have a's like wanted people pleasing like good good girl because mm-hmm. because my i have an open heart which is another part of my human design it's like this um overwhelming need to prove that I was valuable um, was a shadow of my design. And it was running my life in lots of different ways. And learning that if someone had given me the language for that when I was younger, and the awareness of that, I think it could have changed a lot of things. Not that I wouldn't have wanted still to maybe get good grades. But it's like, I might have been doing it for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking, I... (laughs) I used to, as a child, go to my dad to ask for things because his famous answer was knock yourself out. <laughs> like <laughs> I knew there wasn't a box there. Yeah. So it was like, dad, can I go swim in the narrows and dive for golf balls at the neighborhood? <laughs> like knock yourself out. Amazing. Go see what happens. Okay. I have to get this off my chest because I just realized this. I got my brother's birth time. I was raised by a projector and a manifester and my brother is a manifester and I'm a projector. Mm. This seems like a wild thing to have all in one family to me. Yeah, it is wild. It is. Although I know a manifester (laughs) mama whose kids are both manifestors. Um, Her her husband, I think is a generator. So he's like the odd one out in that house. She's like, he just sort of is like, you guys do you. (laughs) I'll be over here (laughs) responding. Okay. So before we get too far into like what things are, I want to look at each type through the lens of business model. Yeah. So like if we look at each type in the human design and there are five, is there a business model? Because I think people want to do this. Mm -hmm. That's like better for that type or a thinking about a kind of business model that might be more helpful and just anything that comes up in that realm. So here's, here's what I know. Um, There is this beautiful thing that we can see in our chart called strategy and authority, which together make your decision-making strategy. And that helps you to tune into your own inner knowing. Okay. I'm a Mm -hmm. sacral manifesting generator. So my decision-making strategy is to wait to respond and then to trust my gut. 
And Mm -hmm. without knowing anything else about my human design, if that's all I knew and started to play with, and once you understand what it does it mean to respond and and how does your gut feel, and um, you could get so far (laughs) without even going anywhere else because your strategy and authority is completely unique to you in that it allows you to have access to your body's wisdom. Our minds are really amazing things, right? Um, They are so good at problem solving. They're really good at researching. They're really good at looking at things from different perspectives. And they're freaking terrible at making decisions, right? Because <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yo, the stories that are going on up there, all our all our doubts, our fears, the lizard, you know, your monkey mind, all the lizard brain, all that that's going on up there makes it really hard to make decisions. And to be honest, um, our minds are not really built for it. We can only take in a really small subset of external stimuli or variables, if you want to look at it from a like mathematical sense, right? We're, we're working with such a small amount. We can't, our, our conscious brains can only process, you know, seven chunks at a time or whatever, right? Nine on a good day. So how can we make a decision that has a hundred variables when we can only see and hold seven of them? It's never going to work out that well. And our bodies mm-hmm. have this wisdom of being able to tap into the whole of it without us consciously processing it. Um, it's, I like to use the metaphor, like, you know, as a human being, if we walk across grand central station at rush hour and there's people moving in like different directions at all different speeds, you intuitively do it. If you're not, you know, glued to your phone (laughs) in front of your face, (laughs) you're going to navigate that without running into people. Um, and you're going to be able to do it without even really thinking about it too much. Um, because you have this ability, you know, it's just in you, it's in your body. It's, you're able to navigate that. And that same scenario for a robot is like brain exploding. Like they've, they, the AI Mm -hmm. has come so far and computer scientists still can't do it. The robot like melts down because there's too much variables and that's our mind when we're trying to make decisions it's like all these variables and then we go and we can't and then we spend like we're up at 3 a.m thinking about all the things and regretting the choices we made and you know like not (laughs) able to sleep Mm -hmm. um because yeah our minds are just terrible place to make decisions so strategy and authority your decision making strategy brings you into your body's wisdom which allows you to tap into kind of the much larger field of um, variables that go into anything. And that's going to lead you to your business model. That's going to lead you to what kind of offers do I want to create? Who do I want to serve? How do I want to structure my business? How many people do I want to work with? What kind of marketing do I want to do? Yes, there's nuance in what's going to be work really well, probably for a projector or what's going to work really well, probably for a manifester. But there is absolutely no box like that's the thing about human design that I think I love so much and sometimes we can start to see the things about our design and feel like oh well I'm a x so I can only do it this way and that's totally mm-hmm. not true that's what your decision is just making a new box for. yeah okay and what are the decision ma- the types of decision making strategy yeah so there are like 15 different ones so we're not going to go oh, never through mind. That's all a lot. of them but <laughs> The most common ones, okay, the most common ones, um, you know, 70% of the world is a type of generator. So there are five types, as we said, and generators and manifesting generators like myself, together make up about 70% of the world. So 
Um, that chunk of the population has one of two decision-making strategies. It's always wait to respond. And then if you're sacral like I am, it's trust your gut. And if you're emotional, if you have a defined emotional solar plexus center, then you have emotional authority, which means in this case, trust your gut, but you need to wait for some emotional clarity because those people with emotional authority are riding uh, an emotional ocean is kind of the metaphor that I like to use um, in that sometimes when you're really excited and you're like at the top of a very big wave and then sometimes you're you're in the bottom of your wave and you've kind of crashed down and it, things are moving really a lot, can be moving really a lot. And when you get to this place of a more calm ocean, that's when you're able to really tap into the wisdom of your decision. So there's no spontaneous decision making, usually that's going to be correct for emotional authority. So you want to wait for that clarity to show up for that calm ocean to show up for the decision to not feel emotionally charged and emotionally urgent. Um, right. And more than just generators and manifesting generators can have emotional authority. Um, so any of the other types, with the exception of reflectors, can have emotional authority um, because the minute someone has a defined solar plexus, they have emotional authority. So projectors can have it, manifestors can have it, and all, you know, you have different types of uh, strategies. So projectors need to wait to be invited and recognized, and then you still need to wait for emotional clarity before you say yes or no to an invitation. Um, and so learning to work with your emotional authority, if that's you, when you pull up your chart, um, is, is the way that you will tap into the wisdom and get out of that, like, oh, shit, I said yes to this. And now I really don't want to do it. <laughs> um, that mm -hmm. can happen, that kind of regret if you make decisions in the moment. So those are probably the two most common um, decision making strategies. Your decision making strategy is splenic, right? And that's this like intuitive, instinctive knowing it's the oldest awareness system in the human design, like the oldest awareness center. Um, it would have been like the caveman's like, uh, you know, the prickles on the back of your neck, like, oh, shit, there's a mm -hmm. tiger behind me. <laughs> but like, it's just a knowing of it, the, this full body feeling of it. it. It's not logical. It doesn't necessarily have words. Um, and, and people with splenic authority are here to trust that intuitive knowing in the moment, right? Is that mm -hmm. how that feels for you? Yes. And what you're saying about emotional clarity about the invitation makes a ton of sense. Cause some, cause I'm also an upholder if anyone's done Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies quiz. So if I get a yes or I get an invitation, I say yes. And I'm, I'm going to follow through even if later I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, that wasn't quite the right thing to say yes to, but I'm still going to show up. But that actually takes quite a bit of energy away from me, which I don't have uh, huge stores of. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. So then, so the five types that we've been talking about, we didn't actually go through them all, but so 70% of the world are generators and manifesting generators. And what makes a generator type is a defined sacral. And when you're looking at your human design chart, if it's defined, it's that red square second from the bottom. If it's undefined, you're a projector, manifester, um, or reflector. So you're one of the non sacral types. And um, sacral energy is this kind of the energy that builds things, right? It's the energy that builds our world, which is why we have so many generators and manifesting generators, because energy is very consistent. It goes all day. It replenishes when we sleep. And the next day we have more. Assuming we're doing the work that lights us up, <laughs> we just have it. 
It's like the the version of human that the world is built for. Exactly. Yeah. Chug, 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 yeah. chug, build, 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 build. Uh, generators and manifesting generators can absolutely still burn out. Um, because if they're not doing work that lights them up, if they're spending too much time frustrated, you can still get into a burnout. Um, and the, uh, the consistent energy is still built into your design. So all you have to do is to learn how to use that, um, you know, properly for you and to be doing the work that you're here to do. Cause work for generators and manifesting generators, fulfilling work is so important because that's such like, it's Mm -hmm. key to our health um that we are doing the things that we that light us up whereas projectors manifestors and reflectors so those are the other three types projectors are 21% of the world manifestors are about 9% of the world and reflectors are 1% of the world and what the three of those types are all completely different but what they have in common is they do not have a defined sacral and that means that your energy isn't the same um you uh, depending on the other things that you have defined in your design, there are other motors in the design. Um, you might have more or less energy. Like there are so many types of projectors, (laughs) 21% of the world, but there's like five types of projectors. So all of those projectors can have different energy levels and it's not a consistent thing. So learning to work with your energy and say like, how many weeks a month do I want to be working? How many hours a day do I want to be working? How much, um, client time do I want to have? Like, how can I build rest in? Um, I know Jess Fields, who I work with, who's a projector um, and a human design uh, guide. She's constantly posting stories of like, I'm projectoring in my bed in the middle of the day. I'm having my projector <laughs> nap in the middle of my work day. Because yeah. like, you're here for it. Like you're built for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so working mm-hmm. with that energy um, as a non-sacral type is can be one of the things that I think is so um, freeing about learning your design and being like, Oh shit, it's not just me. I'm not lazy. I don't, I'm not like less than I, I just work different. My energy's different. Is that, was that true for you when you, when we first had that chat and you were like, Oh shit, this projector thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it made everything make a lot of sense. And I think the two main areas that helped were self-acceptance and sales. Mm. Yeah. So I think at this point in our conversation, people listening are either like, I have no idea what they're talking yeah. about, or they've taken something new away for themselves about the design that they already knew about. So each of those places makes total sense. Because for me, it's like every time I hear different people having a different conversation about human design, I pick up something new. Yeah. And it's like, I can only kind of pick up one new thing at a time. And then I move on for a while and like figure out how it lands with me. So either place you're at is perfect. What I want to notice in our conversation, and I, this is something I really love about you, is your line one and how you're someone who will go and like do the big deep dive nerd out and know all the things. And like, you actually like it, which for me, that would I just can't like, I feel like I'm physically not capable of doing something like because that. Because you're lying too. So, you're here to be a natural. You're not here to study right. like I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I love like your, your line one is like shining bright right now. <laughs> my line two is like, oh my God, I'm getting high. I have so much research, so much data. <laughs> so how... Tell us about the two numbers, yeah. because I think that's also a really interesting it, it part. It is. So the, the, when we say line one, line two, it, there's profile. I mean, there's, there's a lot of nuance behind that. But where I want to go is um, 
your profile. And when you pull up your human design, it'll tell you right there in the printout. You don't have to like learn how to read your chart. It'll say your profile and then two numbers. One, three, like me, two, four, like Karin, three, six, like there's, there's, there are 12 different profiles. And um, I'm not going to get into where that comes from in your chart, even though I want to, because it's not important. But what is important is that um, the profile are kind of like the clothes that you're wearing to do the work that you're here to do. It's like your costume. So like you have this role to play in your life and this is, these are the clothes you're putting on to, to get on stage and play that role. Um, and so, uh, sacral manifesting generator, like myself, who's a one, three is going to show up completely differently than, uh, you know, a five, two, uh, sacral manifesting generator, because we just have different ways of being and different ways of showing up. And so the pro understanding your profile can really help you to see how you're here to show up. Um, and so like Karen was saying, uh, line one, if you have a, a first line in your profile, um, you probably really like studying and listening to podcasts and reading books and going down the rabbit hole. And when somebody mentioned something, you're like already got your phone out, like Googling it being like, Ooh, I want to know more about this, like super random thing. Like it drives my husband completely bananas. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a, uh, two five. And so he's just like, why do you, why do you need to Google that? Like, this is not important. And I'm like, but now I want to know. I'm so curious. (laughs) So sometimes it's not like squirrel. It's like, this is who I am. I'm someone who learns a lot about a lot. Exactly. And it's like, if, if, if for me, like if something's like, Oh, uh I want to know more about that. Like I need to pay attention. Like who knows why that's important, but like, it's a piece of information that my sacral is finding interesting right now. So I'm going to go and see why, if I find it interesting and I do accumulate lots of random pieces of information, but also, um, depth in all kinds of different areas that allows me to do that manifesting generator thing of like being able to bring diverse things together in a way that they didn't exist that way before. Um, and so the line one allows me to do that. And then the third line is, so there's a conscious line and unconscious line, and it's easy to identify with your conscious line and to say, I'm a line one. I like to research the third line is unconscious. And that's, uh, it's pioneer energy. It's trial and error energy. It's like the kind of scientist <laughs> of being like, okay, let's go play. <laughs> we learned some stuff. Like, let's go try it out. And like figure out what works by failing 16 times or a thousand times before we succeed. Um, so it's really, yeah, experimenty type of energy. And so for me, there's a little bit of that push and pull in my profile where it's like, I want to go deep and I want to have this really solid foundation. And my body has this need and my unconscious has this need to experiment. And I don't always feel ready consciously to start experimenting with things. Like when I first got into human design, I had no inkling that I was going to start bringing it into my business and I was doing Mm -hmm. marketing consulting work. Um, And then people started asking me about it. And I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. I'm taking a course, like I'm learning because my line one was like, yeah, you need to sign up and take some classes because like you want to know more. Um, And that that's how you and I like first started working together on your human design. And I was like, guys, there were, I think five of you I'm like, guys, I don't really know what we're going to do for the next three months, but here's where I think we might be going. If you're game, like here's yeah. how you, here's yeah. how we play. Um, and it was like very deeply, like just such a rewarding experience. I had, I learned so much and I had so much fun and the relationships that we created were amazing. And I was fucking terrified. 
going in being like, these people are trusting me and they're my friends and I like them a lot. And what if I don't, what if I don't know enough yet? You know? Um, and so there is this dissonance in the profile sometimes, and you're, this happens for you too, because the line too is this natural, um, you're just really good at doing what you do and you don't always see it for yourself and you need, it's kind of this hermity energy of like, just let, leave me alone to do my own thing in my own space. And then the fourth line, this unconscious need to like connect and network and have one like deep one-on-one relationships with people. And if you are with people too much, then your second line is like, oh my God, I need alone time. And if you're too much alone, then your (laughs) fourth line is like, hey, we need people. (laughs) So you're probably experiencing this push and pull in your own design. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot. Right now, I think actually it's coming up like I have this really deep, craving to reconnect with the world. And I don't know what I've been doing where I've been disconnecting, but I'm like, I need to reconnect. So yeah, it's been happening. Yeah, I've been setting up a lot of one-on-one calls. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So I think we okay. get to, so you- we get to dig into our profile to help us understand how we work. Um, and I know like to take it back to business that you and I have had a lot of discussions about like why why you're so good at networking, right? Like it's, it comes really naturally to you because you have this unconscious fourth line. And when you're looking to um, turn up the volume on some sales or things in your business, then that's where you need to lean in because that works best for you. And you know that. And so it's like, screw running a free challenge and doing a bunch of Facebook ads uh, when you could just network and have conversations and, and get sales that way. So I think um, yeah, starting to learn about that stuff can really give us permission to, to do the type of marketing that works for us. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a freebie on your website that takes people through kind of the basics yeah. of their design once they get their chart. Yeah. And just so people know, getting your chart doesn't mean you're taking a quiz. This isn't a personality test. You just need to know like what time of day you were born and where you were born and enter it in and then boom, it's there. Yeah. It's not like, doesn't depend how you're feeling on a certain day. No, or which is anything. one of the things I love about human design. Cause I don't know about you, but when I take those quizzes, my brain starts like overthinking it. Like, well, mm-hmm. I think this is the choice I should be <laughs> picking mm-hmm. from this list yeah. based on how I've answered the other previous questions. So not right. having a quiz can be super helpful. Um, if you don't know your exact birth time, like ping your parents and see if they can dig it out from your long form birth certificate. And if not, you can put a couple different times during the day, see if the things that stay the same, like does your type stay the same? Does your decision-making strategy, strategy and authority stay the same? Because even just starting with that, like I said, can really help you to tune in and to start running your business from your inner knowing versus, uh, you know, trying to follow somebody else's plan. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to like, you know, dig out your exact birth time later to get more into the details, then you can do that. And uh, the chart might look a little overwhelming the first time you pull it up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of colors and I lines still don't and understand numbers. It, and, but it's, yeah. and uh, the thing about human design is that there's, it's like an onion. Like you can peel back one layer and then be like, oh my God, there's another 10. Um, and you don't have mm-hmm. to understand it all right away. And line ones, I see you, I see you. <laughs> so reach out and I can send you some books to read or places to go. If you want to start digging, if you want it, like if your decision-making strategy is telling you to go down that rabbit hole, but the freebie on my site will at least take you through how to read your chart, how to understand your type, how to understand your authority, which is 
together with your type makes your decision making strategy and your profile so that you can get started with understanding the big touch points um, in, in your human design and start using it um, in your business. And that's what we that's where we start when I do one-on-one sessions. Um, if you, if you're totally brand new, that's exactly what we're going to start with tailored to whatever is going on in your own business and your own life right now. And if you're not brand new to human design, then we can go, um, down the rabbit hole farther and into gates and channels and planets and, you know, the Penta and all that stuff that lives underneath, um, the, Mm -hmm. the top line, uh, stuff in your chart. Okay. So I want to know, like, for you in business right now, kind of what's on the cutting edge of your own self-understanding around your design mm-hmm. and how you're working in the world? Uh, this is such a great question. I, um, I'm not, okay, I did a post about this the other day, but I have a lot of things in my design that lead me to be a very inconsistent person. Um, I'm not really here to show up and do the same thing at 9am. Hold on, because I, I think everybody in their mind just made that a negative. So the sentence, I'm an inconsistent person does not have to be seen as negative or positive. Like that's a neutral self-statement. Totally neutral, which is why I'm an inconsistent person. Yeah. I'm not a consistent person and I'm totally built that way. I'm built to to be inconsistent and to let that Mm -hmm. be part of the, the energy that I'm bringing to my business and to the world. And, um, actually it's beautiful the the gate that I'm thinking of that's in my design that I was really musing on, which is gate 15. It's the, it's inconsistency, but it's the love of it. Like it's called the love of extremes. Mm -hmm. So it's like really literally loving being the person who one night wants to work till midnight. And the next day is like, fuck it. I'm not working today. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) you know, for a month you get Mm -hmm. up and you work out at 6am every day. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that this month. Because mm-hmm. we're going to go on the other extreme and we're going to just play with what that feels like and why, you know, that's what's correct for me. And so living in a, in a society where I feel like consistency gets the gold star and especially in an mm-hmm. online business space where everyone's like, well, if you don't send out your newsletter at the same time every week, like, do you even have a business? Are you even committed to your <laughs> business? Like, how can you make money if you don't do that? And like, I get it. Like, logically, it makes sense. And even you know, marketing wise, people can see, you know, if you're, if you're having a regular touch point with your audience, of course, you're building that relationship. And that's not the only way to do it. Um, And so thinking about how can I really lean into even more? What does my sacral like? What is this? uh Uh-huh today? And what feels like fun when it comes to creating content or, or writing or speaking or doing whatever? And how can I do it when it feels really great? And when it's not like, drop the guilt and the shoulds and the uh, you know, uh, yeah, all the like shaming for not fitting into that consistent box. Um, and, mm-hmm. and especially as a one three, so there's a lot of nuance in profile, but one threes are very inward focused. Like we're really here to be focusing on ourselves and that's how we impact other people. And so I, I have been for a long time and I'm still leaning into even more always showing up as like, this is what I'm learning. And like, not here's what I have to teach necessarily because I am Mm -hmm. teaching through my learning, but it's like, if I show up as this is what I'm learning, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what, what's happening for me. That's when I get response or engagement or, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. DMS being like, how can I work with you? 
it's not when I show up and yeah. say, oh, well, this is what a manifesting generator is. And this is what a reflector is. And this is what a projector is. It's, it's more like here, I'm showing up in my process. This is, these are the things I'm learning. Like take it if it's going to resonate with you. And so again, stepping out of the box of like, okay, I don't have this like educational content going up every day because that's not who I am. And that's not what I, that's not how I'm here to like have my, have impact. So those are two things that I am, I have been playing with, but I'm playing with more, um, on the moment and yeah, it's just more fun. <laughs> it's just more fun. Mm-hmm. We get to do it our own way. <laughs> right. And it is, I mean, it's all just for me, a form of radical self-acceptance. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing in here that makes me feel less free. Exactly. And, and honestly, yeah. I think that's what human design is about. Like, it's here to help you accept yourself and for you to make, feel more free. And if it's ever making you feel like you're stuck in a box or you're hearing something that makes you feel limited, like you get to step away. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. not for that. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about, is it a gate? Is it the Kingmaker gate? Yeah. The 45? There's this, yeah, there's this thing I have. Mm, and for some have- reason, it's been... It's been knocking on my brain a lot lately, like, okay, I'm gonna, but there's that kingmaker gate I'm gonna, or there's that up. kingmaker gonna, thing. Um, <laughs> like, what, do, what does that I'm even I'm going to pull your chart up because I don't want to speak wrong. There's lots of different, um, there's lots of different interpretations to that. So the 45, I don't know if you have the 45, but that is like king energy. Um, but kingmaker also makes me think of maybe that's like one of the other, one of the leadership oh, charts. Yeah, I totally put her on Sorry, the spot. Well, here. I have to have the chart. I'm not just going to speak. I'm just going to speak. No, you don't have the 45, but the 45 is like really, um, King energy. So it's not really King maker energy. Um, but you, you have the seven as well. And the seven, um, 31, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So the seven, um, the seven 31, that, that channel is basically the channel of democracy. And the seven is really this, um, it's, it's like the, the person who sees who should be leading. <laughs> That's why I think you're getting Kingmaker from that. Cause it's like the, the, the identity center and direction. It's like knowing and feeling secure in where you're going and who you are. Um, and then the 31 and throat center energy is expression. So together we have this ability to say, this is who I am and this is where we're going and I'm going to lead you right? It's, it's, it's a like democratically elected leadership. Um, and so the seven really is being able to say, yeah, like who knows where they're going, <laughs> who knows, mm-hmm. who knows who they are and is ready to lead. Um, yeah. and so have having the potential to meet with somebody who has that 31 and has the ability to make, to like express that. Yeah. So that's why just on my own personal, uh, evolution, it's like, I've been in a space where I've been trying to sell people on the idea that they're leaders yeah. and I'm moving into a space where the people know they're in a leadership position and then it's working in that space. Yeah. Already there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No wonder it's been popping up. <laughs> All right. Is there any, before we get into just asking you a few questions about you so we can know you personally a little bit more, is there something that you would assign as homework? as if this were like an interview and a membership, what would be the takeaway or the homework you would want people to do? If you should they choose to have accept? never looked at your human design, go to 
jovianarchive.com or mybodygraph.com and get your chart. Um, it's totally free. Just put your email address in and they'll give it to you. And mm-hmm. um, either come and get the freebie so that you can I can walk you through it or you can go start Googling it, right? What is my type? Mm-hmm. What is my strategy? What is my authority? And think about times in your life, look back and say, hmm, when have I used that decision-making strategy? When have I used my authority without even knowing or thinking about it? And what were the outcomes of those decisions? And how did it feel to make those decisions? Because Mm -hmm. we have all made decisions from our minds. (laughs) That I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But have you ever made decisions and big decisions from your authority? And my guess is yes, because especially, you know, when we were younger, and we had less conditioning, we were able to tap into our body's wisdom. Um, And you will have probably, for example, I know, looking back, I'm like, Oh, I, I had a gut feeling about that. And I didn't know why, but I, I said yes, or I said no to that opportunity. And so looking back, that will help you to see that evidence. And maybe that's my line one, but like, I had to have this evidence (laughs) that this is a real thing. And that it can, it can mm-hmm. work. And then the next yeah. step is like, okay, so how could I play with this for the next week or two weeks or three weeks and see what happens when I can catch myself before I make a decision from my mind and figure out how to, how to make that decision from my authority. Um, and just that one shift, I have the very good feeling that's going to make some changes happen. Um, And then you'll be able to decide, you know, do I want to go deeper? Do I want to know more? Do I want to have a session? Do I want to understand my chart more and how I can bring it into my business more? Um, If you already know your human design um, and you've been using your strategy and authority, uh, it's still really good to go back and say, okay, since discovering this, what are the big decisions I've made using my strategy and authority and how did it change things? And if I understand intellectually my design, um, how can I bring that even more into what I'm doing in my business? Because it's one thing to say, okay, it's there. I understand. I'm a projector. I should have naps. But like, how are you really waiting for the invitation or the recognition in your business? And what does that look like? And how can you recognize yourself in ways that you need to do in order to step up into the next thing in your business? Like there are, yeah, there are layers for you there. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I want to hear all about it. Cause I just love hearing what happens when people start to lean into their designs. I love the success. Goals. Yeah. And you're really active on Instagram. Her stories yeah. are great. Um, it's a great place to connect about it. If you yes. use the freebie and just want to check back in with Definitely. Jackie about it. DM me. I am always yeah. up for talking about human design. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a little bit about you. I'm curious because you are well-traveled or at least well-world-lived. Yes, that's true. <laughs> what's, what's one thing that you won't travel without? Mm. Oh, goodness. <sighs> I feel like the minute you say that, it's like, I realized that I have two travel egos and one is like this traveling with small children, family, and uh-huh, because mm-hmm. we, so we lived in Bordeaux, France for, for eight years before we moved back to Canada last year. And that meant a lot of transatlantic voyages with small children. Um, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and 
they can be deeply traumatizing experiences. Um, yeah. I mean, they did pretty well, but it's it's just a stressful. It's a stressful day. So with kids, I wouldn't travel. I wouldn't travel without screens. Like I don't know how people did uh-huh. it without their iPad or like the phone or whatever. YouTube, um, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I, I would not. <laughs> Anything, any screen. I would never, <laughs> never travel without a screen. Um, no shame. And when I'm alone, um, I always travel on the plane with my journal, a book, and like a bunch of podcasts download. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Now, and I love that you've lived in Bordeaux, and I'm hoping this question takes us there, Okay, but it doesn't have to. (laughs) What's a favorite restaurant or even eating experience you've had? Mm. Uh, yeah, we def, I definitely had so many really good meals in France. It's like, I think it's, I'm not sure that I could name a specific restaurant. I, I just noticed when we lived over there, especially when we had first moved over and before we had kids and we got to eat out more, um, that even just your like average run of the mill restaurant, like the food is fresh and they put really a lot of attention on how it's presented and just the experience of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I loved about the French culture was like literally everyone goes out to eat for lunch on a weekday, like pretty much every day of the week. <laughs> um, like it's like a two hour frozen lunch. burritos in the office. <laughs> yeah. It's a two hour lunch. Like li- literally nobody's in the office. I mean, I never worked in an office context in France myself, but people literally leave the office for like two hours to go and have lunch at usually at a restaurant, nothing fancy, but like just to sit down, have a nice meal with coworkers or friends or whatever. And, um, it's subsidized by your company. Like you get these little TK restaurant that your company gives you to like subsidize your lunch because that's all part of the like social supports that are built in. If there's no like restaurant, on your campus if you don't work for a big company because they have mm-hmm. restaurants built in if you work somewhere big. And so people really just take time for themselves in the middle of the day to eat well and to have conversation. Um, and I think mm-hmm. my husband is a scientist and he works in a lab and they're like notorious for being like forgetting to eat or like eating next to the experiment. <laughs> um, and moving mm-hmm. to France was like, Oh my God, my coworkers like stop. Everybody goes to lunch. It's like two hours. Then we have coffee after. And then he's like, my day is like all interrupted, but he really got into it after a while. And now we've moved back here and he's yeah. like, I just realized I'm eating at my desk again. And I feel like I need to leave the, uh, leave the office because it's just not, my yeah. day is not broken up in the same way. So yeah, I think that's, that will stick with me um, from, from the experience of living there that just, it's like, it's important to take time, even if it's not like nothing special, just sit and like enjoy your food with somebody else. And I'm going to take that as like a universal invitation because just yesterday I was walking between my home and my little office building and I had planned a half an hour for lunch and it's totally not enough time. It's enough time to like put food in your body, but not to lunch. And I was like, what if in a new world, it's two hour lunches? Yeah. And then you just said that. And I think you might be right. Yeah. I mean, if two hours sounds like too much, scheduling an hour is a great start. Like I often do that in my day and then sit and read 
Um, like I'm at home Mm -hmm. and I like working at home by myself and not having anyone else around. So I'm not going to like go out of my way to go find someone to eat lunch with, but just having that time to like not be working, (laughs) I think is Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How do you link into your local community as an online entrepreneur? Mm, This is such a good question. And actually something that, um, I was contemplating, well, have been contemplating since we moved, um, and, and starting to be like, is COVID over yet? Like, can we, can we like connect more in person? Uh, because so much of that stuff has been just moved online or canceled or, um, you know, I, it's been almost a year now since I've been a certified breathwork facilitator and I've done tons of online sessions and I love them and I want to do one in person really badly, like a group. And I know there are probably yoga studios here where there would be people who'd be like, sure, like I want to do that. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. And right now you have to wear masks, so you can't really do breathwork in person. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's going to happen. It's, I'm starting to connect with local people through social media because that's how I connect with people in general. And, um, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely something that's like on my radar to happen more, um, as hopefully the year goes forward and we're coming up on, well, we moved here in January. So, and we moved into our new house and our new neighborhood in May. So it's been not quite a year. Um, and yeah, it's definitely something I'm feeling like called to do more of. Yeah, definitely. And what's a myth that other people believe about you that you let them keep? Hmm. Oh my goodness. That is a good question. I don't know if I have an answer to that. (laughs) You wouldn't be the first. That's a deep question. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I think, so I think for a long time, uh, I, you know, it was just before I found human design, it was probably in the six months before I found human design that I started to kind of go through a spiritual awakening and come into like more awareness of, uh, what, what I would have termed woo woo before anything to do with that. And, um, for a long time, that was definitely not something that I was broadcasting to people because I had Mm -hmm. all kinds of value judgments around what would people think. And I'm this like scientific, very rational, practical, logical person generally. Um, And then coming into the human design space, I had to kind of confront that because as much as I think human design is based on solid science, we don't yet have the science to explain it. And so right now it's Mm -hmm. very much like astrology in that lots of people think it's bullshit, even though there's like so much utility and there's thousands of people out there who are like, this has helped me and it's so true. So, um, yeah, having, yeah, getting to a place where, um, I was able to kind of embrace that for myself and be okay with other people, whatever they were thinking or feeling about that. Um, and it's still something that like people might not people who know me superficially might not realize, and that's fine. I don't need to go into it. Um, but I'm not hiding it anymore. either. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So we're going to share all your links and stuff in the, in the show notes, but I just want to say thank you for the courage it takes to go before you're ready. Thank you. So that other people can land where they need to land because 
I know for myself personally, working with you had a huge impact on my business and my energy and my life, which is pretty much everything, right? <laughs> and I see a lot of people talking about it now. Yeah. And I feel like it was a gift that I got to learn about it a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 It really helped. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's starting to become more mainstream. It's still really in the early, early adopter phases, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, any of those, any of those things where we kind of get in right in the beginning when nobody's really talking about it, it can feel like you have to take a leap of faith. Um, and one mm-hmm. of the things that I love about human design is that it's not asking you to believe in anything. Um, this isn't a religion, like it's an awareness right. system and it's an experiment. And the founder of human design always phrased it that way. So that's why I emphasize your strategy and authority and say, take it, experiment with it and see if it resonates with you. And if it doesn't, yeah. cool, find something else. If it's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or Gretchen Rubin systems or any mm-hmm. other awareness system that helps you to be more you, awesome. And if it's human design, right. great. Like, you know, there's a lot there and there's tons of layers there. So um, I don't ever look at it as like, well, this is the only way. Um, and you just get to experiment with it. So I think that's why um, that's why I like it so much because- everyone gets to come to their own conclusions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the best. Okay, well, thanks for sharing. And uh, remember to go find Jackie because it will help you. (laughs) I'm looking forward to those DMs on Instagram at Jackie Johnstone. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Before you go, do you know a friend who would love this episode? I hope you'll share it with them. And if you haven't already joined us for the 30 days of powerful questions, now is the time. Get on in there. This is a really powerful journey and people are loving it. I'll see you over there. Thanks for being here.